Cool. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Living Electric Podcast. We're here with Blair Jackson of Orison. Is that how you pronounce it? I know I screwed yes. it up earlier. <laughs> Orison Corporation. Um, I got to check out their Flex Quad at an EV event that we talked about it on a previous episode. So we wanted to reach out to him and get him on the podcast. And I love your little bio on the website because you're the it says you're the fear, fearless leader of the of the group. I love that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's three of us really. And yeah. uh, currently, I'm the only guy working full time. I've got two other guys working part time. And uh, that's Scott Braun. He's kind of the one with the artistic one. He came up with the business cards. And they tells us, well, by the way, you know, I put some some uh, titles on there and I was fearless leader. I'm like, well, OK, we're going to go. <laughs> love that. I love it. <laughs> so do you want to kind of give us like your your background or your uh, kind of what led you to what you're doing now? Sure. It's kind of like I'm uh, oh, I, a mechanical engineer. Gosh, I graduated. Oh, gosh, it's been pushing 35 years ago and uh mechanical engineering and i worked aerospace my entire career like for 31 years in a number of different fields all with uh, aircraft wheels and brakes so it's Mm. different roles within engineering um also supply chain uh work with customer support structural analysis of aircraft parts um just kind of like the game and also like a big portion of my career, I managed um, our computer-aided design department. Oh, okay. And uh, the interesting thing is, like, I look at my career, and I never really had the opportunity to design a lot of stuff. There's, in aerospace, it's a pretty deep discipline. Yeah. So you find yourself, uh, there's a gazillion administrative things to be addressed. <laughs> and uh, the guys in my department, they were the designers, and they did a good job. And my role was just trying to make things work as smoothly as possible and you look at the design process and there's plenty of opportunities for kind of like things to get hosed up process wise and um, so anyway I I guess I had this repressed design feeling inside of me and gosh going back about 20 years ago I was looking at like okay what I need uh, it started off as like a cool hobby I designed electric vehicle for our son at that time, he was like three years old, and um, I spent far too much time on this. Far too much time <laughs> on it. it took me forever, and um, uh, then I realized it's interesting because you have, co- you know, just because you have uh, a couple engineering degrees really doesn't mean that you can design good stuff, right? And yeah. uh, that was kind of a humbling experience. I mean, like this thing's difficult to work on; it's not very reliable. Um, and okay. So we kind of outgrew it. It worked, but it was like, not, let's say any prize winning project. (laughs) And then gosh, a few years later, I'm going like, okay, I want to design a vehicle for myself. You know, I designed this. It was like a 350 pound articulating. It kind of pivoted in the middle. Wasn't meant to go very fast, but 10 miles an hour could drive over about anything. Mm. And it was all drive-by wire, the steering, the throttle, the braking. And um, the interesting thing about it, okay, so I was like further along in my design skills at that time. But it was kind of like an engineer's dream rather than something of real value to anybody. Mm. You know, um, 
then it was kind of as time went on and it's like okay and it's interesting things like i remember our son saying well dad i want you to just, can you build me another car and i'm like well matthew i go like you know it takes how if i just go buy another you know, like <laughs> i'm gonna save myself rules of time and money and then, he says, I said, there's all kinds of cars out there. He says, well, Dad, I don't want to be like everybody else. And, for, you know, like this is a, his, that statement of his, he probably doesn't even remember. But that resonates with me really, really deep. And um, so anyway, then I started working on the current vehicle, you know, that, that you drove there, Alex. And it's interesting that, you know, my skills were at a point where I could do a lot uh design something, simulation on the, on the computer, through software and so forth. And I realized that things, um, I could just kind of down, do a lot of down selecting and decisions without even actually getting in a, in a physical detailed um, uh, design. Right. And, you know, the, the other, the, the vehicle I designed earlier, that drive-by wire machine, it, one of the, one of my takeaways from that was it was a rough vehicle to drive. I mean, it was just very, it's like someone driving on a zero radius mower, like you're getting bounced around and so forth. And, and I recalled, you know, go-karts that we would build as kids that had, they just rode better. You know what I mean? These mm -hmm. are little contraptions and so forth. So when they start, we start, you know, at that time it was just me started working with composite materials and things like that. And it was, let's say it met the design intent, but it was not very pleasant to work with. You know, you're dealing with composites, you need, you, you, you got your ocean mask on, you're laying this stuff up and it's like, and it just, it was just uh, not, let's say real great. And um, my patent attorney, <clears throat> you know, because at that point I had a design that I thought was really pretty cool. You know, my wife's, by the time I'm in this third car, my wife says, honey, if you're going to build a car, another car, <laughs> you've got to find a way to store this thing where it doesn't take up the whole garage. And <clears throat> I'm thinking, like, what a pooper. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> every design project needs somebody to rain on their parade. So, but anyway, so, but that kind of led to the folding the whole car the whole car empty away the of our current car is about 93 pounds mm -hmm. just walk behind the car pull a couple pins and you fold the whole car in half in fact alex just saw that right and it rolls around on two wheels and you lean against the wall and it's it's fascinating how design constraints or design limitations can really they result in creativity and that was one of the things that I really didn't have in my career. Working aerospace, yeah, there's a point for creativity, but it's relatively small. <laughs> a lot right. of it's like compliance, a lot mm -hmm. of it is validation, you know, testing. Mm -hmm. you know. <clears throat> there's a lot of other challenges. And to me, it was just it was just very fulfilling to work on this vehicle. And one of the other things our latest cars, our current cars adopted, was where you steer it with your feet. You saw that, Alex, when you were right. us. And it, the intent was to get the steering wheel out from in front of the person. 
you know, with the drive-by wire, that was an initial attempt at that, but it was it was a pretty complex thing. If you have an electrical failure or something like that, and you've got a full drive-by wire system, it's very it's not very let's say damage tolerant, or it's not very forgiving. Mm-hmm. Whereas <clears throat> our current car, let's say an unlikely event of electrical failure, well, you're still have braking, you still have steering, you just can't accelerate up to the speed that you want. Right. So that's kind of like the long story, you know, kind of like the repressed engineer that's like, <laughs> we're going to come unplugged on some project, you know. And, uh, but the kind of the cool thing about it is all of the, all of the constraints of aerospace, you still need to do them. You know what I mean? You still oh, right. Have, mm-hmm. You still need to have a test program. You still need to have, configuration management which drives most engineer nuts is just managing the configuration you know yep. but you still have to do it so it's, i was able to take those skills or disciplines and just roll them into what we're doing now right yeah it's interesting you say that because i i find that with a lot of engineers is what you think engineering is and what it actually is are like two completely different things especially when you're going into school and stuff and it's this is a little off topic off topic, but a lot of people are interested in engineering and it's like in school, you learn all the theory, you learn all the math, you learn all this stuff, but like actually designing stuff a lot of times isn't your, your call. <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of yeah. constraints around what you can design, how you can design things. So it's, it's cool. You kind of got that opportunity to, to do that with this vehicle. So kind of when you're going through that design process, starting with initial vehicles and kind of where you're at now, was there, were that was there ever time you looked at things other than electric fuel, like a battery and, and motor, or were you always stuck on that? We're always electric, but we some of the major changes were, like when I saw these e-bikes with these hub motors, mm. that I go like, that, that's really what made our vehicles feasible. You know, like it just simplified things so much. The motors we use in our cars are very similar to e-bike motors. Right. The only difference is you can drive them both forward and reverse. So there's no, uh, like, uh, freewheeling at all. But other than that, and we ch- we, the windings are a little bit different to give us uh, the speeds that we want and the torque that we want. But back to your question, it's always been some form of electric. You know, I just kind of, like, you know, dealt with internal combustion stuff in the past. And, yeah, it's curious a long ways, but... I really wanted electric. Right. I I think that's the one thing when it comes to like electric vehicles. And I think it's like a common trend we're noticing as we talk to more people in the industry is just the design freedom that electrification offers for people besides like, you know, the, the, um, the vehicle that you can go buy, like at a Ford dealership to the flex quad, like it's just the, the sheer amount of adaptability that an electric platform provides is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you know, gasoline is is complex. <laughs> you can, Very. You know, you look at let's say a torque curve for electric motor, and it's just very conducive to what we're doing. Or so, like let's say you look at a torque curve for a gasoline-driven motor. Well, yeah, you've got you know, like you start with a zero speed RPM, and you're like, well, you don't have any torque. You know, it's not until you get up to a certain RPM, and it's like. So just through transmissions and clutches and all this other hardware, 
and who knows how many engineering hours <laughs> we made internal combustion cars really pretty pretty good mm-hmm. and uh but now the world's kind of starting with a <clears throat> kind of a fresh fresh slate or clean slate and go like wow a lot of this you know we really don't need yeah yeah, it, it kind of adds just an immense amount of complexity <laughs> to what a vehicle should be. You know, Blair, I actually, I had a question for you. Since since our podcast is both visual as well as audio, can uh-huh. you give us like a um, overview of what the Flex Quad looks like and kind of what your design inspirations were for sure. it? What I'll do is I'll fire off you guys some, some pictures and maybe some video clips and stuff like that. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I think that'd be a good way to do it. You know, as mm-hmm. far as you can kind of embed stuff in. So as we're talking, go like, okay, how does this thing work? You know, Alex is adopted. You drove, you drove the unit. One of the I did. Cars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> most, most oh, interesting yes. EV I've been on for sure. Like the controls are unlike, like so creative. I've never seen anything like it. So, you, you know, that's a story in itself. We started, you know, like I designed this stuff up and my background is pretty strong in computer aid design. Developed the steering, it worked great on the computer. (laughs) Build up, you know, first mock up of our prototype thing, and like, okay, take it up front and go, like, this dude, you know, it's just like, yeah, welcome to reality. (laughs) Um, uh, But it's interesting, like, um, then there was one time my son keeps on getting dragged into this thing, and he said, well, dad, can I take your car down? to visit my friends. Now his friends live about 150 yards from here. You know, and they're just down the street. I said, well, sure, Matthew. This is one of the earlier cars, but it's still functional. And so he left, and I'm working on my laptop on some other stuff. And and he shows up about three minutes later, and he has this really sad look on a Polacek look, and he's got the front wheel. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I said, oh, Dad, I'm really sorry. You know, like he, and he really was really sorry about this. Guy. Like, Matthew, you know, it's this, that one's my fault. <laughs> the wheel's not supposed to come off. Like, one of our early concepts, rather than doing castings or complex weldments, we just build up stuff out of wood and then reinforce key parts out of metal and just start trying to get things functional to see is this configuration, how's it going to, how's it going to feel when you're driving it, you know, and, and all of that. So it's, um, uh, it's, it's been a fun journey. It's kind of like at first you're always like have this concern, like I've got this problem. Am I going to be able to solve this problem? Well, after being down that path so many times, we, um, uh, that fear has gone away. You know, I mean, there's other concerns, other other issues. You know, we have to navigate the issues with lithium batteries and so forth like that. Um, but as far as making things work, it's just a matter of time. Sometimes we, we might struggle. Now there's three of us, you know, myself, Scott Braun, and Scott Snyder. Sometimes we have an issue that we can't really solve right away, and we kind of we hit it kind of hard, and we kind of give up for a little bit, put it on the back shelf. And then things come to surface, you know, like, oh, how about this, you know? And, and when, you, when you solve a technical problem and at the same time simplify the product, you know, that is a nice feeling. That's like, 
we're making headway now, you know. And it's it's always easy to solve a problem with added cost, added complexity. But when you can find that sweet spot where like, yeah, now here's this. And um, so I don't know how many times we've been through that. You know, like it's interesting, just the design of the seat. Um, uh, I don't know how many iterations of seat design we went through. And, and I, I tell people... <laughs> You know, like when you see the pictures of the car now, it's like I tell people that we use the latest in lawn chair technology. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like awesome. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you sit in a lawn chair, you know, after a long day, and you're like, this is, I mean, it's really comfortable. Yeah. You know, you don't need a big lazy board chair. You just need an ergonomic, proper fitting lawn chair. Right. And meanwhile, it saves all the weight. It saves the complexity and so forth like that. A lot of times in the summertime, you don't want to be encapsulated in some sort of something that's you're going to retain body heat and so forth. So, but I don't know. It's like I look at the people ask me how many how many prototypes did you build? I go like, I have no idea. <laughs> we, I build a car, we test it and maybe even break parts of it, and we just keep evolving that car, and then maybe sometimes start again with a whole new car, right. and utilize some of the parts from the other one, and it was just like, it was like a never-ending process. Um, today's tools, when I say tools, I'm talking software, um, you know, primarily software, it's just, when I started my career, I'm kind of dating myself, but the idea of you know, like even having uh, the ability to make a photocopy in your house was kind of unheard of. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas now, sitting on the same laptop we're talking on now, I can do finite element analysis. I can do all kinds of stuff. And the thrilling thing for me is, like, you know, of course, in my career when these technologies were coming out, I was working in aerospace. We would spend like the software for the CAD software would be in the order of about $40,000. Okay. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> wow. And then by the way, wow. it, you just don't go piece the term personal computer or PC or laptop or whatever. Those, those names weren't out there yet. So you're working on a workstation. And by the way, that's, that's also $40,000. Right. <laughs> and you look at, you look at those sums of money you go back 20 years ago, that was a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like, you know, I work in SolidWorks and um, uh, it is, it's perfect fit for a little, <clears throat> for a little company. Right. And uh, all of our suppliers work with the same software. But I guess I'm, <clears throat> as I'm diverging here, it's still very fulfilling for me to, to be able to create and, conceptualize and do all of this stuff on the comfort of my own laptop a lot of times sitting in the same dining room right here and recalling what it was like before mm-hmm. you know and it's i don't even know if i could design much if someone took away my laptop i guess i could go through, <laughs> through and design things on, on the good old method but it would just be uh it would be painful. 
<laughs> yeah. not, not right. You know, we do a cat. Some of our, your, some of the videos you look at, we got like a little cat animation. You know, like before, you know, we do those ourselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go back a few years ago, it's like, okay, big bucks. One guy in the company might have the skill set to do that. And, but now it's like these things are readily available. You know, the, mm-hmm. the maker, the, the maker environment or whatever is, uh, it's still very fascinating to me, you know. So pardon me for diverging, you know, give me a topic <laughs> and I can kind of, I can wind off in my own direction. <laughs> no worries. Nope. Blair, so what's really interesting about our podcast is that Alex has the engineering background and I have like the business sales and like um, Alex and I are both creative, obviously. Um, But like so from like a design perspective, I'm curious to know from your engineering background as like a professional, were you creative on the outside like of your your prior work experience? And is that kind of how it led you to this point? I don't think so. I I think... Maybe my creativity would be in how are we going to do this? You know, like here's a project we've been tasked with doing this. And usually there's, you know, like within our department, the, the people that the work in our department, they are all very experienced people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, and also that let's say the engineers, the other engineers, the project engineers, the stress engineers and so forth like that. There is a lot of expertise. And so I'm sitting there going like, well, and I worked in with customer support. I knew how the product worked in the field. Like, you know, like I had a very good understanding of the product, but I, but if with me going ahead and intervening, like how about if you do it this way or how about it's like, like it would have further complicated things. <laughs> yeah. What my main role was like, how do we get our stakeholders inputs in at the right time of the design process. You know, one, one classic example, I cite this often is we one, this one project we threw in probably all oh, would be in the order of 2000 hours of design time. Okay. This is for an aircraft wheel and brake. And then someone, a head engineer says, well, why don't, why did you do it this way? Why don't you do it that way? And meanwhile, like we had all these drawings ready to cut loose to production. <laughs> right. You know, I go like, I mean, like, this is like a, this is something out of like an engineering horror movie or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, that was the worst case type thing. But then we kind of get like, okay, how do we get the input from these stakeholders at the right time? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time as when we throw in just the right amount of design resources from our perspective. So if someone says, well, why don't you do it this way versus that way? And we're like, well, yeah, we can do that. We've got maybe um, uh, 30 hours worth of work in this. You know, it's not a big, it's not a big showstopper. Yeah. And uh, so that's a, and even, even to this day, I still have issues where I almost fall in the same trap. It's like, you know, as, as engineers, we have a, we want to create, you know, we want to, let's say, buy for action, design it, build it, test it, refine it, you know. But then sometimes 
if you don't really manage that within yourself or within your small group, it's easy to get off and throw a lot of resources into the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Like a classic example is um, the front of our cars. And you'll see this in some of the pictures. We had a, uh, a casting. And this is a reasonably complex casting with aluminum casting. And I've got a huge amount of time in that person. Like, since it was a small company, I mean, like, design it, uh, actually machine a lot of the, make the same casting pattern, CNC that on someone else's machine that I could borrow time on and stuff like that. And in some cases, I had other people's CNC features that I didn't have the capabilities of doing. Anyway, I probably have a, a close to a man year of time in that casting between the design, testing, making the tooling and all this other stuff. And then about several months ago, we we're going like, these castings are too tough. Let's go to aluminum weldment, you know? And this is, I can't blame on any, some, someone else far off in the organization. It's a pretty <laughs> right. flat organization. I was the main guy with, with, <laughs> with that. I go like, so it's always, I guess in summary, it's always a learning process. You know, I've been at this engineering for a, a long time and, uh, it's 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 important to stay humble if, if you're doing mm-hmm. if you start to pretend you really know what you're doing you're gonna get wept upside the head pretty hard. <laughs> right so that's uh you know at least we can go ahead and we can you know we do a lot of sheet metal parts or laser cut parts or such and such and we go like we can we can create these designs reasonably quickly right evaluate them quickly without a huge cost and tooling and things like that. So I'd say we're getting, we're developing core competencies and and key critical areas, but boy, it's, it's, I don't know. It's the, there's still a lot to it. Right. Could you walk us through maybe kind of the, like, what the driving process is like, because it is, it kind of has this go-kart form factor, but you definitely don't operate it like a go-kart. Could you kind of walk through how, like how you operate it for those that haven't driven it? Sure. Okay. So basically how that works is like, um, we we should send you some footage on this too. Basically it's the idea put the parking brake on. Well, assuming the car is all unfolded, ready to drive and just basically climb aboard, you know, and powered up. There's a couple switches there. And the pedals, the pedals are basically to, to let's say, to, to steer the car, you move the pedals like this. Let's say as you one pedal, the whole pedal slides forward, the other one comes back, that turns, mechanically turns the, the front wheels either right or left to turn. So that's your steering. So your steering is basically with your thighs. Okay, then your, your throttle and your brakes are controlled by tipping the pedals. So we set it up. The nice thing about this is, you know, I had some pretty good mentors, you know, and and one like my background's not very strong in electrical. My is mm. mechanical engineering, but over the years, I've got my my, my um, electricals become a lot stronger. But early on, people would say, "Well, just use a microcontroller to handle all this stuff. Do the things you want to do." And you can you can make all these changes in software and so forth like that. And but how we set this up by right? tipping the pedals, you have to tip both pedals. 
if someone would climb on the car and the car was turned on and they bump one pedal, nothing happens. You have to tip both pedals. Our software is just looking for the, the less of the two, and that determines proportionally how much throttle you want. And the, the nice thing about it is you can control the speed of the car very easily. Like if you're, if you're driving along someone that's walking, even at a slow pace, or if you're driving around within a crowd of people and you have a little bit of experience, it's pretty easy to really kind of manage low speed operation. And um, which is one thing that's very important to us. But at the same time, if you really advance those pedals aggressively, you're take off at a pretty good pace too. And um, so that's the basic operations. Your your hands are free to, you know, like to hang on. We encourage people to hang on when they're getting a hand of this Or, you know, some things have been kind of scary. They had people sit down and they say, well, well, this would be great for texting. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's, that's not what I had in mind, you know. <laughs> and another guy, he looks, he looks at this and says, this would be great for pub crawls. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> anyway, so but we try and encourage people to use these vehicles responsibly. You know, um, uh, we're looking a lot at people like at people with recreational vehicles or like a big uh, motorhome or something like that. Our cars can fold up and hang on the back. Mm. Um, we'll get you some footage of that. And, um, I don't, it's, it's just kind of, it's, I guess you look at the whole, once we got started off in something unique, I never really felt like we had to comply. Right. Yeah. So you, I look at e-bikes and e-bikes are really neat. There's a lot, a lot of value to an e-bike, but e-bikes aren't for everybody, you know? One of the things we're working right now is sort of like, how do we include our cargo or hauling capability? You know, if someone's got, okay, well, I want to head over to, you know, I'm at, at the campsite. I want to head over to do my laundry or something like that. And like, so we're looking at our accessories. Of what can we put where? You know, mm -hmm. how can we how can we store this stuff? And uh, working with the local company here, actually in Dayton, and these guys are into custom backpacks you know like they they, they actually their their dad it's two sons i'm working with but their dad is into canvas products this gilman canvas, canvas products for boat covers and pool covers and all this other stuff well his two sons are in their 20s they developed this small business and they like these really cool back stylish backpacks so we're trying to get in with other companies and kind of like, okay, we need to, we only have so much bandwidth ourselves. Right. So you know, like <clears throat> there's other people that we can tap into their disciplines, into their expertise. Mm -hmm. and go, in fact, I, I left them with a car. Okay. Here's a car before you, I don't even need any concepts. I'm just going to leave this car with you for a week, you know, and just based off of my experience, they're going to come up with some creative stuff. You know, we carried the ball so far in the design development of it. Now, when you get into certain specific areas, I'm like, we can tap into other experts and see what see what these other guys can do. So, yeah. right. I don't know how that relates to your question, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I think it's great to, you know, take advantage and like uh, collaborate with other people who have different skill sets to not only improve your vehicle, but improve the consumer experience as well. And plus that gives them the experience, you know, the other businesses you work with to move forward with those programs or projects as well. So I think that's really cool. I'm, I'm curious to see how that turns out with the cargo hold. And we do a lot of camping, so that would be nice to, you know, Put, put like our, our tent or any other equipment and go down the, you know, the trail to our campsite, come back and so forth. Yeah. Just make things it's, a lot easier. <laughs> it's kind of, um, uh, our vehicle is not really an ATV. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving over grass, unimproved grounds, things like that. Um, uh, we've, we've ran it through some pretty torturous stuff. Um, but it will we kind of really feel that it's got a good fitting for that. It's really best on something with an improved surface, you know, something that's got like pavement or something like that, but driving over gravel, driving over grass, you know, it's very, very doable. Plus with the bamboo limbs, um, you see that in our videos type stuff. It just provides a lot of the compliance of the vehicle. As you drive over uneven ground, it's not like you've got a very simplistic suspension system that that just works. Right. It goes back to being a kid growing up in Canada and building wooden go-karts, you know? And uh, it's, it's, I, it's, uh, it's one of those things where something simple fits the need. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, if you ever want to test suspension parts or anything for future iterations, come to Cleveland. We have great roads for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get up there, get good time up there. Yeah. And we, you know, there's people out there that go like, well, you know, I'm like, you know, we're at that stage now. I can't make this an indefinite promise, but we've given the campers and say, well, just take it for a weekend. You know what I mean? And just kind of be careful. You know what I mean? We'll give them a little bit of a training thing before they go. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we come back, you know, when they come back, we're like, well, what did people think? And and what's nice about it is, is uh, we will take their feedback and we kind of com- combine it with other things we've heard and we make changes. You know, people say, well, this switch panel, it's just in, in a strange spot. You know, I can't reach the horn if I want to honk the horn or whatever. <clears throat> and. Well, we make some subtle changes, and boom, now it's over here. It's on your right-hand side. And other things with just the steering, a little bit of looseness to it. Like, what can we, you know, like, we may not get it solved right away, but when you get our our next big design revision, boom, that problem is addressed. And so the feedback, you know, we've been looking at, you, you work on a product, and you get so used to working on it, that always looks the same. Right. <laughs> and you have to put it in fresh eyes. Here's the customer. Like, well, you you know, first, <clears throat> right now to go reverse, you have a little switch. Click. You want to reverse. Click it back. Okay. Before, <clears throat> I'd like a little cycle. You'd cycle the pedals like this. You'd tilt them back and forth three times. They'd shift them forward. Do it again. Shift to reverse. I thought it was cool. I spent a lot of time on the software. After talking to people, they're going like, you know, that's boy, that's really cumbersome. You know, why don't you just do a switch? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I over-engineered it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
that's my fault. <laughs> so I went, okay, we'll put a switch in there. Yeah. <laughs> I finally conceded. <laughs> so it's, 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 you know, it's not like we've got, uh, you know, our organization is really quite small. So we, the voice of the customer is like, it's right there. Right. You know? Yeah, I was going to ask: Is this the uh, is this kind of the final design you're going with? Are you still tweaking things, and like, are you going to ramp up production at some point soon? Or we're kind of we're at the point of starting to ramp up some production, but I have to admit we're still tweaking things. Looking at battery right. chemistry, mm. that's a very big one. Uh, plus, just the supply chain of batteries is a very uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in that. Um, so we're trying to get that postured. There's a big thing with, with e-bike batteries just in, in safety. Mm. And uh, so we're trying to get our hands around that and manage that in a, in a very practical manner. And that impacts our design. Um, but basically, I'd like to say the design's pretty much there. We still have to – I'm almost embarrassed to say this. We don't have a cup holder on there. It's like you don't, <laughs> you don't sell anything in, with wheels on it in the United States – that, that um uh, that doesn't have a cup holder. Yeah, you know? true. <laughs> yep. So yeah. I was gonna say that's a that's a requirement for anything that moves. Yeah, it should have yeah, a cup holder. So, <laughs> yeah. like, um, uh, don't worry, we'll get there. You know, <laughs> and and you know, like we've got some cars out there with some early adopters, and it's kind of interesting to see how they modify the car. You know, first cars we put up, we sold them as kits. You know, people would build it themselves. Oh wow! Okay, and um, uh, and kind of my background again for aerospace and working in more more like a, work with people building their own airplanes. You know, like where people can build it, spend three thousand dollars in an airplane, <clears throat> they can spend a hundred hours building a car. But in this day and age, people most people want what we call a turnkey car. Like, okay, give me the keys, tell me how to plug it in. You know. <laughs> Right. And uh, so we've kind of migrated away from the, the kit build process, but it's always been kind of interesting to see what people do. You know, how do they do this thing differently? You know, and you can learn a lot, a lot from that. Definitely. So we're, we're about up on time. So where can, uh, where can people find more information about, about the FlexCod and maybe order one if you're, if you're taking orders right now? <laughs> yeah, we're taking orders, and I would say just our website is a good spot. You okay. know, um, we've got our, our web address and just kind of reach out to us either on our forums or they can give me, they can give me a call. You know, if they're in the local area and they go like, you know, it's it's kind of a significant issue. Our main thing is we don't want to sell a product to somebody that it's not a good fit. Right. And so if someone wants to borrow a car, you know what I mean? Like, well, here, wear a helmet, here's your training stuff. <laughs> okay. And bring it back in a couple of days, you know. And um because we've got a number of cars, um, a different different, you know, like we'll give you one of the latest cars. People try it. <clears throat> And um, uh, we'd much rather have that. It's not like we've got the capacity for a sales staff. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so we're kind of looking at our customers being our salesmen. Yeah. You know, and that's where it's important for us to line the product up with the right people. So anyway, okay. Well, I want to thank you guys for um, uh, letting me into your on your show. 
Definitely. And I'd be glad yeah. to ramble on through the rest of the night on this thing, but I, we probably should kind of wrap. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining Blair. Hopefully one day I'll get a chance to go for a drive. Okay. Well, well being in Cleveland, there's a good chance of that. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, take cool. care. Yeah. Thanks so much, Blair. We appreciate okay. it. Bye for now. Bye.